Hey, how are you? Welcome, 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 welcome to another podcast. Pretender to contender, how are you? This is your host, uh, Joe Matarese. How are you? I hope you're doing good. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm on camera for the uh, opening of this podcast, which I haven't been for the last, uh, I don't know, three or four episodes. I've kind of just been doing the interview on video, and I decided, I guess, uh, for the Patreon subscribers, they deserve the opening and the closing and everything being on video. So uh, if you're not watching these podcasts, this is how you do it. For as little as $3 a month, you can be a Patreon subscriber, and you get to see all the episodes in high-definition video. That's right. I have a... 1080 webcam (laughs) invested invested in it and uh, I wanted to announce right at the top of this podcast before I even really get going the new subscribers I had a really good week a lot of new subscribers here as I uh, let me see here this thing's fucked up why is that why is that there it is move over so uh yes we have a lot of new subscribers uh this has been a great week and i wanted to announce some of the other newer uh subscribers in the last few weeks so we got uh mr pib i love these names of all the people that are subscribing mr pib thanks dude don't know who you are look forward to getting to know you uh joe exotic Joe Exotic, don't know you. Looking forward to getting to know you. Stephen Boland, thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Uh, guy goes by the name of Placeholder. Placeholder, thank you. Jackadelphia. Jackadelphia Kenningsworth, thanks for subscribing. Uh, Hollywood Rob, thanks, dude. And, of course, the great Porcelain subscribe. If you don't know who Porcelain is, you haven't seen the three documentaries that this guy made uh, just about me on YouTube. Check them out. Uh, they're pretty classic. Um, they're a little on the troll side, I guess you would say. They kind of rip on me, but uh, people seem to love the things. So go check them out. They're on YouTube. Just uh, put in Joe Matarese or Porcelain and they'll come up. So what else? I got some live gigs coming up that I want to promote July 18th. Well, let's start with June 26th. June 26th, I'll be in Shemung, New Jersey. Never even heard of it. It's in South Jersey. I grew up in South Jersey. Never heard of Shemung. It's uh, this big outdoor show that we're doing at a place called Adventure Farm. The following month, July 18th. I will be at the Stone Harbor Theater doing the Remember When show also. All these tickets are available on JoeMatteris.com. So also, let's say who's the guest today on the podcast. The great Gino Bisconte. You guys know Gino. I don't know who gets ripped on more on the internet. Me or Gino Bisconte. It's probably a tie. People love to rip on Gino, and Gino and I go way back. We've known each other for a really long time. Always loved Gino, sweetheart of a guy, and he's got this podcast that seems to be doing pretty well for him. In Hot Water, him and Aaron Berg 
do a weekly podcast over there on Compound Media. So I'm looking forward to talking to him about his podcast, hearing his story, what his pretender to contender story is, and uh, and, and a lot more. So Gino is going to be with us in a few moments. But as people have been requesting, you want to hear stuff about my life on the podcast. What's going on in my life? I had kind of a situation last week with uh, travel sports with my son, who's 13. He's starting high school next year. Can you believe that? My son's going to be going to this, this private high school. He's been going to public school his whole life. You guys are probably going, what's wrong with the public schools in, in New Rochelle where you live? My son is one of these uh, students that I, I, I don't know. We just feel, and we have family that works at this uh, private school that uh, highly recommended it. And I, I think he's going to get a better education there. It's one of those schools everywhere, or every time I meet somebody that went to this school, they're always like, dude, best thing I ever did was go to that school. Love it. Love it. Love it. I don't know if you ever hear that about a public high school. Oh, my God. My public high school was unbelievable. So, uh, you know, we're going for it. We're going for it. It's probably another reason why I'm I'm doing this day job mixed in with my comedy gigs. Uh, it's expensive as hell. So uh, I need as much money as I can generate to get my son a better education and go to this this private high school. So uh, what's been going on with that is, you know, he, t- he had told me that he wanted to try out for the baseball team there. And he's been playing travel baseball his whole life. But it's gotten to the point now, I don't know if any of you guys have kids out there that play in any of these travel teams. The organization here in New Rochelle kind of sucks. I'm going to shit on them. It's not nearly as expensive as most of these travel teams. Some of these travel teams are like four or five grand a year for your kid to play on them. Ours is like 500, but there's no practices. Like we, we show up at these tournaments and these teams are so fucking good that they literally kick the living shit out of us and, uh, they practice, they spend the five grand and you're sitting there like, well, do I take my kid off of this team and spend that much money to put him in another organization? And then my son basically tells me he doesn't, he doesn't want, he doesn't want it to that extent. He's like, dad, I don't live and breathe baseball. It's not something I want to go practice every day at to try to get better. I don't, I don't care. I just like doing it on this low level and that's why we put him in this you know cheaper organization and you get what you pay for like I said no practices his team blows and then what happens when your team blows and you have you know a shitty kind of team uh you stop liking the game because you know my son's not He's not standing out, you know. He's one of those kids. I always thought he had potential, but he's he's never been uh, coached that well. And my brothers even said that to me. My brother's like an insane baseball player. Both his kids are phenomenal. And my my brother got a college scholarship for baseball, 
And he's one of those dads that's all over it and pays the five grand and has him on the best of the best. And his kid's hitting home run after home run after home run. And he's like, he said that he thinks my son has this potential, but, uh, you know, he, he's, he's yet to be coached well. So whatever. He said he doesn't want to play anymore on this team. We had a situation with the coach or he was like a, a assistant coach. It was one of the dads. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't even like to get, uh, you know, Ron, you want me to talk about my life in this podcast, but when you talk about your life, you, you got to decide what you're going to talk about and you don't want to piss people off in your life. Even if I don't say this coach's name, he's going to know who it is. Uh, we ended up, thanks to uh, my meds, I didn't lose my shit on this guy and he had supposedly cursed out my son. And I went and talked to him, man to man, and uh, we worked it out. We worked it out, but my son just doesn't want to play anymore. He's done with baseball, and now he's thinking he wants to play football. Now, my wife, who works on the brain for a living, does Alzheimer's research, right? She's, she, she studies the brain. She was so anti-football my whole son's life. This is how bad the addiction to uh, video games is and, and, and phones that my wife's like, fine, fuck it. Yeah, you go ahead, go play football. So uh, there's all these camps going on at this private school. Everybody makes the freshman football team, and my son wants to go out for it. And he says to me, I think it was yesterday, he says he wants to get a weight bench. And he wants to get some weights. He goes, I want to get bigger. And I'm just like, you know, typical 53-year-old dad, because I can remember when you heard guys say that when I grew up, that meant they want to do steroids. Like, you know, I had tons of friends that, like, did steroids once. Thank God I never did that shit. I never was like, let me take steroids to get bigger. No, I, I worked out to get bigger. So my son... uh Wants to get the weights, you know. That's good. I think it's a good thing. I don't know if any of your kids out there is 13, around the age, when you start lifting. My son is shredded without doing any, like, weights. <laughs> he just does push-ups, he says, every day. And he's just, like, he's really in shape. So, uh, I don't know if this is interesting or boring as hell, but, uh, you know, I'm just trying to share my life. There's nothing bad really going on. Marriage is good. Uh, relationship with my parents is good. Um, my daughter's doing great. She's super creative. Uh, just got one of her poems selected for this big poem thing in the school. She had to read it on camera. They had to do it virtually. Thank God they had to do it virtually. Because there's no way my daughter, nine years old, would have got up in front of, you know, 500 people in an auditorium and said her her poem but uh it was excellent like i'm I, I, you know sometimes you think you just you just think that because it's your own kid it's a fucking great poem man i was impressed uh she's definitely hilarious super creative and uh you know life is good guys that's it that's what's going on in my life this week if something falls apart We'll talk about it on next week's episode. So uh, also know uh, Gene, Gino Biscotte. We're going to go to that interview right now. Uh, 
I opened up the voicemail to let people call and ask questions to me and Gino. And, you know, they're busting balls, almost everyone. I think there's like one regular question. So uh, we'll be playing uh, your messages, your voicemail messages. Thank you guys that left them. Uh, every week you can ask questions. The number will always be the same. It'll be 951-298-9899. The episodes come out every Tuesday. So if there's anything you ever want to leave me on the voicemail, there's any question you have for me, or you know who the guest is going to be that week and you want to ask a question, feel free. And if you want to bust my balls, go ahead. I'll play them. If they're fucking funny, I'll play them. You'll even see that uh, on Patreon, I'm sharing a lot of the the funny shit that people do to troll me that are like uh, pictures and different blurbs or anything they do. I uh, If they're really funny, I add them into the edit and the Patreon subscribers get to see the video version. Uh, and I try to, you know, kind of scroll them at the end of the episodes. So we will be right back with our guest, everybody, Gino Bisconte. Talk to you in a second with Gino. We'll be right back. I apologize, dude. The rain fucked everything up, slowed the subway. I'm really looking forward to this. Thanks for making the time. How are you, buddy? How are you? Good. How do I sound? Like, I don't have headphones. I don't have a microphone. I can get them. But I mean, like, this, I always find this is the best. Uh, I I, kind of have done a few of those interviews lately where where the guys just kind of have their laptop and they stand and they and they eat. Right on the show. I'm not standing or I'm not standing or eating. I'm going to smoke a stick. But are, you, are you standing right now? I could. Oh. Oh. You look good, buddy. How the fuck is the world treating you? Pretty good. One more time. Who is that? Who was that Jersey guy that fucking we were mutual friends with and I couldn't resist doing the ball busting and said, tell Matt Arise, I fucking I'm pissed at him and see what he says. That's a guy named Arnold DeMarco that I haven't that we just kind of reconnected in the last three or four months. We used to be right. we were friends when we went to community college when we were 19. He was the guy that if I never met him, I might have never done open mic. He was the guy to find out that the Comedy Works in Philly had a place where you could sign up on a list and do open mic. And then I started doing it, and then he bailed after about, I don't know, I think he did open mic for like six months, and then he bailed. And then he got back into stand-up, and then he quit that. He's uh, he's a guy that's been in and out. He's kind of like... Uh, the hokey pokey with his comedy career, I guess. He's you know, a guys gay. Like I get it, buddy. I get what you're saying. I caught all that uh, in your. And by the way, shout out to our buddy Red Bar. He's got to be having a field day with this. But uh, yeah, he's supposed. I'm supposed to go on there. I'm waiting for the. Uh, e- you don't want to go on there. Have you ever been on? 
No, what? no. I'm going on. Let me tell you, for the longest time, I like, I'm like, this guy sucks. You know, he only does troll. But when you just let him be, like, he carried, he carried your third documentary. Carried. <laughs> I, I swear to God, he was like some on the spot report. Well, porcelain made it. And God, the guys. Well, the, those guys have to be in some sort. You know, they're in some sort of. <laughs> but like, a team kind of i mean i think connected but i think and it endeared me to red bar because like normally he's just attacking us and stuff but there was a part when he was like now nah, what is he up to? he was genuinely concerned about you he's like now nah, what is he doing i'm like <laughs> i'm like man i was wrong about this guy you know yeah, yeah yeah but he's gonna have a field day with this so whatever uh yeah oh this this episode oh well they like he always trolls me and obviously, he, he has fun with you, so. I don't know, because these, the video versions of my podcast now, you have to be a, um, you have to be a Patreon subscriber to get the video. The Are you audio, The audio He free. has fucking his fans. Someone's a Patreon subscriber. Yeah, they do that. That's what they do. They join. That's what they and do. They and, and, and again, good for him. He's got other people watching. I used to say, it's got to suck being this guy. He sits there and he has to watch all these podcasts. No, he has a fan of each one going like, look at yeah. what Joe did. Look at what Joe did. So. Again, again, thanks to Porcelain for being like, maybe I'm wrong about this, dude. It's well put together. What he's doing is is very well put together. There's Uh, a guy, and and without that, because I don't subscribe to it. I don't watch uh, his thing, but there's a guy that does videos, and people are like, dude, he he dislabeled. He put like 20 or 30 videos up of him ripping me apart. I'm like, that's pretty funny. (laughs) They have have a song called Flat Bro Gino, which is fucking, oh, it's hysterical. Thought, yeah, they they did. They made some fucking crazy songs about me too. So again, who am I? Like, it's like who am I to fucking bash? They're having a good time with the podcast. Well, back back to what you said about him having fans that do stuff. It reminds me of um, obviously not your podcast. He no. has fans and yeah. they do stuff. It reminds me of Howard Stern has uh, who's the one guy? Um, the guy who's kind of nerdy. And I can't believe I'm, I'm running blank on his name because I've hung out with him and you've hung out with him with Artie when we used to work with Artie and stuff. JD, JD uh, uh, Harmeyer. JD, yeah. you know, JD's job was to just, he had like nine, he had, he'd have nine back in the day. I mean, before like everything was digital, he'd have like nine VCRs hooked up and he had to record every possible thing that was on television. And and then he would have to scroll through it to see if there was anything that was worthy to get on the show. So it's similar, like you know, except, yeah. Except even smarter, the guy on Red Bar doesn't he doesn't have to pay those guys. So it's like they, I, I doubt they're on a payroll. JD had to, got paid. No, he did. No, they're not. They're not. Uh, so so you know we'll. we'll, we'll I'm trying to tighten up my episodes too. I'm trying to stay Why? like full episodes Why under you, an hour. You are insane with these. Why don't you just talk and have fun? I'm t- my I'm on a podcast network now, and the guy that runs it, like, dude, you got to stop doing ninety minute episodes. They got to be an hour. And I'm like, fuck, it's right. really hard to interview somebody and then also do a little piece at the beginning that's about me. So uh, did he say you got to do a 90 minute up. Ep- did he say stop doing 90 minute episodes have to be an hour? And you're like, that was an hour. He's like, really? It seemed it- longer. Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, 
So, so I want to kind of get your pretender. Maybe if you only say so once instead of four times, I do say it a lot. I want to get your, your, your kind of your career path, which uh, have you been interviewed on a podcast where it's like, where people know like where you came from and how you started and, and when did you start to feel like you were starting to get traction and become like, uh, as they would, as I would say, contender, has anyone ever interviewed you or do you just usually do podcasts where you're just fucking going and I'm sure I've touched upon it but but there was never like they my buddy Bomba you met him he used to do bottle caps he drank there a lot he said that they call me ass backwards Gino because I fall into everything you know what I mean like like I just do whatever the fuck I want say whatever the fuck I want you know and see where it goes I'm not rich I'm not famous do very well monetarily for how little I do and I I have good enough notoriety but but I just do what I want to do and see what it gets me. And that's like, that's the experiment, you know? Well, when we, we met when you were, before you moved to New York, we met at that gig bottle caps in Baltimore. We did it together. I, in my mind, I'll take it a step further backwards. We met through Lovekin and leaving. But in my mind, you lived in Baltimore. Did you, I, for some reason, think you lived in Baltimore when I first met you. Did Never. You ever live I used there? to do Baltimore a lot. So where were you living when I first met Wilmington, you? Delaware. Okay, so where did you, but where did you, you grew up in Vineland, New Jersey, right? Yep. And so, so what high school did you go to? St. Augustine Prep. Oh, okay, so that's because, good. Because, I'll give you a little, this I never said on a podcast, because my Aunt Olga, who just passed away two years ago, and was the last remaining sage in the family, I used to ask her stories, and she's like, we didn't go to Vineland High, because we come from a family of farmers. And my mother was like, you know, we're not, my boys are not going to be farmers. And I'm like, so she's like, well, if you went to Violent Eye, you fall in with every crowd you hang out with, you would have been, you would have never left. So they sent me and my brother to St. Augustine Prep, which is, it's like a fucking, dude, that's like a fucking compound now. It used to just be a shit little, it was a good private school. And I love my, I can't thank my parents enough for the education, but that's why I went there. Well, yeah, so they didn't want you to be a farmer. That's the, they thought if you went. My to the grandparents school. were both farmers. My father's my my grandfather, my dad's dad farmed in Rosenhain, which is twenty minutes north. And my my mother's we lived on my my mother's father's farm. You know, my uncle, her brother farmed that. He passed away before I was born. And my aunt Olga, who lived across the street. Sorry, Joe. Across. I know you're in Jersey. You're from Jersey as well. Uh, she had three boys who were like ten years older than us. And they grew up working on that farm. And we worked on the farm. We did. You know, we moved pie plant. But my mom, my mom's like, these are bo- these boys are not going to be farmers. Yeah, people don't realize that that part of New Jersey is all wide open and farmland. Um, like, I actually have a gig that I promoted at the beginning of the show in Shemung. We're bragging. In Shemung. I, ne- I never heard of those. I knew Vineland. I'm trying to think of other areas in that where you would get on that. What was it called? Before let's call it like Route 55. Now it went like past. It is Route 55. But they call that doesn't that highway have like another name now? No, you're thinking of Route 47, Delcy Drive. Delcy Drive. Why is it called Delcy Drive, Joe? No idea. Because it goes from the Delaware River, takes you to Pennsylvania. Because as you know, the Delaware River separates Pennsylvania and New Jersey to the Atlantic Ocean, Del Sea, from Delaware to the sea. From the sea, Delcy Drive. I never got it. I never realized that. My mother taught me that. She was a teacher. She was amazing. So how close to Atlantic City is Vineland? 45 minutes. Oh, okay. It's not that Where's Vineland? I'm like, if you were to drive from Philly to Atlantic City, it's 45 minutes in the center of both. 
and back when we grew up it wasn't rowan college it was glassboro college. which is where my mother went good segue nice so your mom went to glassboro college glassboro state college is your mom was your mom italian yes we're all italian visconti de brigida caprio paizo that's pretty rare in old school italians is um is people going to college, right? My mom didn't even come close to going to college. She probably easily could have. My grandmother, I think, dropped out in the fourth grade because she had to get a job and work and help the family. So, so when does so when does stand up start for you? What age? So long ago that I'm guessing ninety four. So I was twenty five. When what? How old were you when I met you at Bottle Caps? And would you just start comedy? Twenty-seven. I've probably been doing it two years. Wasn't Steve Simone on that show too? Yeah, Steve Simone used to always come to. He was from Philly. Remember, he worked for the Eagles. So how did you know him? That then? Because I think Levy introduced me. He used to come to Bottle Caps. Oh, okay. Because I remember, I have this vague memory of living in Astoria. And when I had first moved to New York and you, and you like came to my, did you stay overnight at my house or something? You came over. I remember you being in my place and that, and you moved to New York soon after that. Like I, I feel like I somehow mentored you at some point. You were a huge in that. I always tell that story, dude. It's uh, I, I was living in Delaware. Okay. So basically uh, I'm dating this chick. Uh, and people like this is like I'll, I'll bring you from the first time on stage to New York, which you were very much involved in. Uh, I used to I've always been like this, like you will attest, like people are always like Gino's always on, which offends me a little bit because I'm genuinely like this. You know what I mean? I you remind me of Pete. Pete Dominic's a good friend of mine, too. And he's one of those guys that when my non-comedian friends meet them, meet him, they're like, what? Shut the fuck. Like they can't. I have a couple of these Italian guys that I grew up with. And they'll, when they meet guys that are comedians, they can't fucking take it if they're on. They're like, what the, does he ever shut the fuck up? It's probably mm-hmm. one of the reasons why when I'm not on stage, I'm not a very on guy because they just they did not like that. What are you when you're on stage? <laughs> Getting aside, dude, you are fucking hysterical on stage. Thank That's you. another reason you're as I'm like, why does he just do stand up? That's what uh, Kevin Brennan said last I I said, Joe Matarese makes podcasts like he's buying a lottery ticket. This one's going to go viral. Just (laughs) dumb fucking jokes. He had a damn baby gate injury. Anyway, enough compliments. My point is... It's hard to get gigs, dude. Well... They don't book funny comedians. Now more than ever, it's coming back. Are you doing any... I don't even mean Corona. I just mean in general. They. It's a different game to get bookings as a comedian people these comedians out there think if they get on these late night television shows that it's good that that's going to make them get a headline gig no it's not it's not that game anymore yeah i see all the time no you have to you have to have some that's half the reason why i keep switching podcasts all the time is i start to look at the numbers and i'll go these numbers suck i must need to change it and now i'm finally i've done so many that i realize and and you said this to me in a text that you just got to keep doing. You just, it's yeah. a long, it's the slowest game ever. Probably. You got to enjoy it. If but you don't go within, you go without. If you don't go within, if you're not creating from within saying, this is what I want to do, see who likes it, you go without and say like, well, this number doesn't work. Let's try and get this number bigger by doing this. You can't do that. Oh, no. no. Her in your case. I, 
Well, my problem is, is I do start to not like it, you know, and then uh, if when I start, then you, you start to realize your personality always stops liking things and then it starts liking it again, that you just, yeah. gotta, you got to wait for that feeling to go away and you'll start liking it again. Change it a little bit then if you need, but don't stop. No, you know, that's that, you know, but I want to talk about you, not me, when I'm when I'm interviewing you. So, uh, yeah. So, so you're you're you, so. How did the what did I did I say something? Was I mentoring like when I remember? No, but you know. Thank you very much. It, I remember uh, you not being sure if you wanted to move to New York. This, you didn't this, know. Is, this is what happened. So I got started when I was. Uh, I've always been funny, but I used to always say I don't think I could be funny on purpose. But then this girl. Sign me up for an open mic. And I'll never forget. Like, Rita, you probably remember. She goes, hey, what are you doing such and such state? And I go, I go, nothing. I thought we were going to do it. She's like, good. I signed up for an open mic. Don't so you remember that was our ongoing joke that you would say uh, something about Rita every time I saw you? It was like an ongoing, like. Yeah. Did she call? Know. She'll call. I can't wait to see the look on her face when she comes crawling back. Yeah. Did you stop talking about her finally? Because you just said it like I didn't know that there was uh, well, a girl I, named always, Rita. The new girl I'm bitching about is my latest ex, Tara, but I'm not. But again, I'm friends with all of them. It's just okay. funny. You know what yeah, I mean? that, okay. So, so she signs me up, and I go on stage at the Greenery. Remember the Greenery in Wilmington, Delaware? Yeah, it was a comedy yeah. cabaret. That was a good one. Yeah, comedy now I've been, I've, been, I've been living in Delaware for 10 years, between bartending in college and bartending. I, I know everyone in the only two cities that matter up there, Newark and, and, and Wilmington. So I go on stage uh, in front of 200 people that all know me. And I kill, but I don't kill. I think I kill. First time I ever did stand up. I don't realize I could be like, hey, how are you? You know, so I do great. And I think I'm so fucking funny. And I found this out later. So a year, a month later, I go to the comedy works in Philly. Remember that old place? Mm. So, and I get on stage. That, and That's I, where and, I did my first open mic. Go ahead. And I get in front of a crowd I don't know. And I bomb. I eat my ass. I fucking trip on the mic. It's, it's the most humiliating thing ever. And in hindsight, I realized, one, if it was as easy as I thought it was the first time I did it, I probably wouldn't have kept doing it because I would have thought like, oh, this is easy, you know. But two, the second time I was thankfully so humiliated that I that I fucking was so that took comedy so lightly that I couldn't wait to work at it. And that's how I started doing it. All right. Fast forward to I'm doing it about like uh, I'm doing it like four or five years. And and suddenly I'm a big fish in a small pond. Like I'm running bottle caps comedy night. I'm bartending. Like I've quit my job at the bank and, and I'm single and I'm getting laid all the time. I am. I am like it was like in Wilmington. It was it's easy. You know, it's incestuous there. And but I'm bartending and I'm starting to say, like, if I don't get out of here soon, I'm full of shit. Enter Joe Matarese and you say I said something and I'll never forget. You go, it's time. It's time. It's like you need five good minutes. You need a good look, a good energy. Get up here. And that was the old model. I definitely never said that. I remember where good I was standing energy. at the island. I never said you good. You need a good energy. <laughs> you, you said no. You said you need a good fifteen, Joe. I remember. I, I definitely probably said that, but I definitely didn't say you need a good energy. <laughs> well, you said something, but it's something possible. like that. But you said it's time. That I remember. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck it, and I come up and see you, and you're like, stay with me, and then I'm about to do it, and just my gut tells me no, so I crash on my buddy's couch for a year, which was the best thing ever. Because it was like, it just made me realize, like, I wasn't ready to go. And then after all, I'm like, I got to get out of here. And then I wanted to go and something fell into my lap. And then it gets into the law of attraction. And you draw in the things you need. And I, and when I moved up here, 
this is how much it changed. And then we'll just fast forward in a few minutes how I got here. When you move up there, that's what it is. It's like 2001. It's like, all right, well, you need a good, you need, you need a good like set, a club set. So you get scenes, so you get management, so you get a, a festival, so you get fucking uh, a TV deal. You get, excuse me, you get like, you get TV. So I tried to do that. But you know my act. It's fucking, uh, I'm a wise ass, fucking whatever. And I, I do a lot of crowd work. And it's I like. Remember what, I remember giving you advice once where I said, I think you should dress up in a tuxedo. Yeah. And I did that for like a throwback. Like, yeah. Like, but not just a tux, like an undone tux, like fucking the end of the night. Yeah. And you thought, yeah, yeah. I don't think you there's were... a, a headshot of mine that's still going around. It's one of the last professional ones I had done where I've got the tie undone, nice shirt. But, but the thing is. After about three years, I couldn't do it. I couldn't fucking get a set. I couldn't. And I, I, I like, was so frustrated. But thank God it wasn't like I said, that's it. I'm going to do it my way and fucking make them come to me. I said, it like, that's it. I'm just going to do what I want to do and see what happens, you know? And then fast forward like that beginning of Buck Rogers, where they fast forward through fucking millennia, fucking over the past 10, 15 years. The business shattered, fragmented, and suddenly you get your own following. And suddenly you have a YouTube base. And they, you, excuse me, between YouTube and fucking social media and fucking the internet and apps, suddenly you fucking do your act, it gets fans, and they do the promoting for you, and you enjoy it the whole way. And suddenly we're doing fucking in hot water on compound media. You know what I mean? And and our fans, and we're touring, and we never missed a beat with the, with the COVID. Once I said, all right, I understand why it's safe now. I fucking played the game. I did the research. Follow the science does not mean obey a guy on TV. It changes his mind every week, but say I'm following the science. Follow the science means ask a question. If you, and I'm going to tell you this, and somebody said it perfectly, science is based on asking questions. Fucking the science they're giving you says fucking obey. Just have faith in the vaccine. That's a cult. That's a cult. And that's why it's like, well, it's weird. It's almost like when I read about preventative medicine, why'd you read about preventative medicine? Because they never said that once. There is still to this day, and I'm just saying this. Are you going back to the COVID thing again? You should be concerned. There's no preventative <laughs> regimen for COVID. There's a preventative regimen for cancer, which there's no cure for. But there's no preventative regimen for COVID. They're like, just get it and get on a ventilator and die so we can scare more people. I just want to find out how you met Aaron Berg and how you started doing the podcast. <laughs> then you, we were right there, and then all of a sudden, COVID came up. You gotta fucking pay the toll. <laughs> uh, I have easy pass. Um, I don't know. Was that a bad joke? Uh, so, so before you meet Aaron Berg and do and do the podcast on. By the way, if you're watching this podcast, drink every time Joe says so. So, so. Um, and ums, you have to drink too. If I do a lot of ums, oh, you're allowed to um now. Now, uh, <laughs> I'm very conscious of it now, so I don't want to, I can't even speak. You, you, you were doing the podcast, and you probably still do it where it was Gino's picks, and you were, you, you always had a passion for sports. You always were really, you always brought up the Phillies whenever I would see you, or you brought up the Eagles. You're a Philly sports fan, but you like the Chargers for some reason. Love the Chargers. But um, so how did that start first, the sports thing? And do you still do it? I still do the Geno's picks, and it's gotten better than ever. Uh, that started because I forget. Oh, basically, I was doing this. Somebody was working on some fucking thing years ago called Stat Beast, and me and my buddy Dan would do videos. And then I bumped into my friend Joe Fernandez, great comedian. And that was back when he had a – he still works there for some cable studio in – 
it's raining outside. I keep thinking I'm a leak, but it's just beautiful. Uh, in, in Woodbridge, New Jersey. So I started going there and filming it and it just evolved. And, it, and, and that's another thing where I just always liked doing it. Like I would get like fucking 50 hits and I didn't give a fuck because there was something I love doing about it every week. And now it's evolved. I start season 15 this year. It's just incredible. That's probably because you love your own voice. But that got me work on a <laughs> writing for radio, which I started in 2014 and just ended yesterday. Just came to an end yesterday. Gino's picks did or no, no, Gino's no, but I, I wrote a radio. thing called Gino's sports sheet for terrestrial radio for a radio service. Oh, I got you. So how long you've been doing Gino's picks it must be 12 years. Yeah. Since 2007, <laughs> this was season 14. Holy shit. But I only do them during football season, right? You don't do a baseball the right year round, but I just haven't had that calling yet. You know, plus mm -hmm. my passion. It's, it's so fun to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to uh, bring that over to the um, to where Chop Sports Network. the The podcast network I'm on is mostly sports. They're all sports guys. It's called. Sports well, you should Chop pitch sports them. Network. You should show them the link to the page. I'll show it. They would have you in a second. They'd love to have you over there. But now, how does the pay? It's, it's how's the pay scale there work? Uh, well, they have commercial, they have ads and stuff. It's it all has to do with your numbers, and and the more numbers you get, the you know the more money you can make because they it's all advertise driven. Um, and they do a lot of the work for you, which I love. I hate I hate doing all the posting and writing all the blurbs for my episodes and all that shit. I, I, I that shit can take me forever. So uh, I love that they take that headache away from me. And the guy Chris, who's one of the main owners, is like. We haven't met in person yet, which is hilarious. We're like best friends on the phone. We've been like just talk. We talk on the phone every day and work he shit out. He can be a friend podcast. if we haven't met you in person, Joe. Yeah, I guess he's not my friend. Uh, How old is Luke now? He's nine. No, he's way, way older, dude. Every time you guess his age, you're always way under. 11? No. He's older than that. 13? He's 13, yeah. God damn it. Starts high school next year. I can't even. That means crazy, right? That mean we're old. We're, yeah, I'm. I'm. Dude, okay. I'm older than you. I'm turning fifty-four in August. Wow. I'm old. Look at this. Uh so, okay. So, I mean that that, on, I that, that podcast gives you. He this said so twice. Hold on. That's true. I did. I have to take a sip. So, oh my god. <laughs> How bored are you when we don't admit it? I'm bored. How much fun is this? This is great. Now, now I'll just say now instead of it, instead of the SO. Now, how do you meet Aaron Berg? Because I, I can remember Aaron Berg like kind of just showed up on the scene. He wasn't there when we He's when from we, Canada. So so he moved. I didn't even know he was from Canada because I, I don't I know him, but I don't really know like a lot about him, even though I know him. And I like I like Arenberg. Every time we bump into each other, like on the road and stuff, we end up like uh, he's fun to hang. Yeah, with. he's a great dude. His, his wife's it, it, really it, nice too. Yeah, uh, Christine, I knew her before I knew Aaron. She, she's from Delaware. She's not a comedian though, right? Yes, she is. She does stand up. I didn't yeah. know that. For as long, she's been doing stand up. Uh, as long as I have them. Nah, but she's been doing it. Nah, 
wrong, that but I meant. explains why they were on like a reality show as a couple and like talking yeah. about their deepest, darkest problems in their relationship. And I'm going, who would do this? Oh, if you were married to another comic, you would do it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, I'll say now. <laughs> when do you meet Aaron Berg? And, and then how does it get you? How do you end up? becoming friends and then deciding and getting a podcast at Anthony Cumia's network. How does it happen? Well, I'm a firm believer in like the law of attraction. Like you draw and every, like I'm, I don't do anything. I need responsible people in my life. You know what I mean? Like I just let, I, I, I'm very carefree. And my brother was always more straight laced and I've always drawn people like Bamba, my buddy that, you know, he was always like that. Ben fucking uh, Kevin Nabrowski and then Bert, like we used to both, He's, he's like the responsible one, but we used to both host at the stand. And this was back when he drank. And we used to go out drinking together because we were both really good hosts, uh, which is why the show works. I'll get to that. And so. Uh, Aaron used to host? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he still hosts shit sometimes. I guess, but, uh, I guess he does. He, uh, I bump into him like I'm doing the early show. He's doing the late show. I bump into him. I'll never forget. At the stand, 2016. Uh, January. I'll never forget. And he says, uh. Hey, do you do a podcast? And back then I was doing Geno's picks as a podcast just during football season. I'd pick all the games and I go, yeah, but it kind of peters out. And I said, why? And he said, still one of the greatest compliments I've ever gotten. He's like, someone asked me today if I did a podcast. And I said, no, the only person I'd want to do one with is Gino Bisconti. And I looked at him and I said, let's fucking do one. And he's, and he had no idea how to do one, which I get, I wouldn't either if I didn't work with a guy named Vilmos Branjic, good guy, I hope he's doing well, in fucking uh, Reno years ago, where he's like, you should do a podcast. And he took my laptop to his room, came back the next day. He's like, there you go. He's like, here's the program, hit this record, go to this link, download it. And so it was done. So I said to Berg, I'm like, he's like, how would we do one? And I said, I'll go to you, I'll come by your place with my laptop, we'll record, and that's our podcast. And he's like, so you guys did it on your own before you went to Compound Media. What's that? You had your own podcast before you even went but, there. Right, but it, not for long because everything happens when you're in fucking, you know, in the flow of it. And so I say, so he says, oh, my God, I have a, he knows nothing about it, about anything, because he literally says, all right, well, I have a hot tub. We'll record it in my hot tub. We'll call it in hot water. And I go, and that's what where the name came from. People think because we're always doing things that, you know, would get us in trouble. He's like, we'll call it in hot water. So we literally do it weekly for about two, three months. Two, three in the, months. In the hot tub. No, no, we never do it in the hot tub. That's uh, the but, I, but, it, but even at the start, you never did that? No, I'm like, I'm not putting my laptop in a hot tub. But it, so we do it. We keep the name. And uh, we're, uh, we're doing it maybe two months. Honest to God, Joe. Like this, this is the equivalent of like an overnight sensation, so to speak, okay? But we've been doing it 20 years each at this point, okay? So we're doing it for about two months, and then I go on Kumia for the first time, okay? Fucking with Levy, I'll never forget. And I do great, I should. You and Levy go on together? Yeah, and I I just, you know, I do great, because I'm good, I know how to fucking. And so I do great, and a week later, Berg does it, okay? And of course he does great. And he mentions we do a podcast together. Now, this is the fortuitous same time that Legion of Skanks is about to leave and they're looking for another show. Okay. So this is also the time when I, my sports sheet, thank God, thank God for how lucky I was to have that when I did. Uh, I used to do it five nights a week, you know, and it was like 150 bucks a night, but that's great money for just sitting on your laptop 
from anywhere and sending in sports stores, you know, it took like two, three hours. So I used to go to LA because I didn't have a lot going on here. I used to go to LA for fucking a month at a time. And I always it's, wonder why you were like, oh, you're like, I'm in L.A. I was like, what? yeah, and it was. But what, and what did you think I was doing? People were like, I guess he's doing pilot season. I guess he's doing clubs. And the beauty of L.A. is I'd stay with my buddy Bronson Jones. I do a spot at the improv at three in the morning. They take a picture. Gino's headlining the improv every night. You know what I mean? That's that's right. the perception. But I was just getting drunk with Braun. And so so the so the point is, I would do that like twice a year for like almost a month. Sometimes, right. So. Fast forward to like two months later now, like actually a month later, I'm about to go to LA, but I'm doing, uh, I'm doing fucking Kumia again. And I kill him again, right? And fucking keep the cop comes up to me and says, he's like, hey, he's like, you were great. He's like, you do a podcast with Aaron Berg? I'm like, yeah, it's called In Hot Water. He's like, wow, you ever think of doing it in a studio? And I'm so in my own world, getting ready to go to LA. I say to him, I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. We just do it on our laptop and I leave, I leave. I go to LA. I'm in LA and you know Berg. Anyone that knows Berg can imagine this call. I'm in LA. Three days later, Berg is fucking doing the show, right? I don't know this. My phone rings. It's Berg. I pick it up. I'm like, yo, dude. He goes, hey, stupid. <laughs> and I go, yeah, he's like, did Keith the Cop offer us a show on this network? And I go, you know, he might have. I was just on my way out to LA. He's like, and he just goes, I- I'll call you back, you fucking idiot. And he hangs up and he calls me back an hour later. He's like, all right, I got us a gig. It's like, and this was back. He's like, and Berg is so, he's like, look, we're only getting this much a week. We're going to split. I'm like, you, you just got us on a network where we're getting paid to have subscribers. And we did it. Uh, and it just, we were doing it one day a week on Tuesdays. And, oh, I skipped a part. So, so he brokers a deal and I'm in LA and it's like a couple weeks later. And, hey, excuse me. And it's like a week later. And he goes, and this is, it's, 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 it's March now. Late March, early April, because I remember March Madness was on. Okay. Oh, and I skipped the part that as soon as Beanberg decided to do the thing, I turned around and Jeffrey Gorian. Do you know Jeffrey Gorian? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how I knew it was January. Because Berg's like, let's start a podcast. I'll be right over. I turned around to get a drink at the stand, uh, the old one. And Jeffrey Gorian's there. And he has the same birthday as me, Jan- uh, December 29th. I'm like, oh, buddy, my birthday buddy. It's like, yeah, I'm talking. He's like, what have you been up to? I'm like, me and Aaron Berg are starting a podcast. It's in Comedy Matters the next day. Fucking gets buzz. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, back to that. So then uh, Berg calls me a week later after like he broke his deal. He's like, I got great news. I'm like, what? He's like, Kumia is in rehab. I'm like, what? Because remember, Kumia had to go to rehab for that. Oh, yeah. The bitch on the hand. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm like, how's that good news? He's like, they are having a lot of the people that work on the network uh, fucking fill in for him. And they had us fill in for him on two shows. And I'm so proud of the fact after we did the first one, they had us fill in the show before he came back. And then that fucking that ushered us onto the network, and we haven't looked back since. We just show up, have fun, and be stupid. But you weren't even on the network. They made you an offer, but then you weren't on it until you filled in. I'm confused. No, we were on it, but we weren't starting till a certain date after the skanks left. Oh, okay. You hadn't really. You were going to be on it, but you hadn't been on it. So they let you to test you out. They kind of had you. Uh, I didn't even think it was to it. test us out. I think it was like we had it. Like they, it was a done deal. Mm-hmm. But- like once they saw us the first time, they're like these idiots, we like what we're seeing, and they they gave us they gave us the date right before Kumi came back. Well, you're a per, you're a perfect more of it than it was. My point is, I really fucking am proud of the fact we ushered him back in. You know, it might have just been no one else was open that day, but we were on it. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> now, um, and now six hundred sixty plus episodes later, 
I landed the Fighter and the Kid podcast. Excuse me, what is this? Oh, did you? Alive? Who am I? Gino Bisconte. That's right, and I am on fucking uh, pretender to contender. All right, so go. They, is Brian Callum back on? I just had him on my podcast a few weeks ago. Now, is Brian? He, Brian, yeah. Is he back on the Fighter and the Kid, or he's not? I saw that he was on recently. I thought he was. But that's not, I, I love Brian. He's one of the nicest guys in the biz. I don't care what anyone says. He's great. Uh, but I don't follow that one. There's so many podcasts to follow. You don't follow Fighter and the Kid, but you're excited that you're on it. I just was making games. Oh, are you going to be if, on the if, podcast? Or I'm if you don't get that I'm just trying to get the wrong name. And I went from a Rocky fucking title to a Fighter versus the Kid. You're D-U-M-B stupid. Little <laughs> S-L-O-W retarded. I would say your act, your your sense of comedy is only so so. Drink twice. <laughs> See what I did there? We've always admit that. it. Right now, you're like, why don't I hang out with this guy more? He's good for me. I never see you. You haven't. Well, I mean, I guess you know because you're busy living in upstate New York, taking care of a house, being a parent and a husband. Yeah, and I don't live in upstate New York. I Where do you live? I live in New Rochelle. I live very fucking. My son's gonna be going to private school in the Bronx. That's upstate New York to me. That's what I meant. The Bronx is upstate. Yeah, I don't fucking know. I don't live in the Bronx, but I live in New Rochelle, and it's not that far north of the Bronx. No. Twenty minute drive to West Side Comedy Club. That old Rochelle's a piece of shit. New Rochelle's worth every penny. It's great. It's way better than the old. Now, now, so take a drink. So, 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 so. Uh, I think it's coffee. I don't know if you saw, but I posted on social media that um, anyone who wanted to ask us some questions on today's podcast could. And I recorded them. I have them on uh, my hard drive here. And... Some of them are going to be completely busting our balls, so you know that, right? Just want to give you that going in. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess ninety five percent of them are totally ripping us, you know. I think, but we don't care. That's what's fun about this, this new world of me. I like, I opened a group. I let the fuck uh, my my network, the guy who runs my podcast network's like, you, uh, well, you know, you can make me an admin and I'll erase everybody. I go, what if we don't? And he's like, what do you mean? I go. What if we never erase anybody? Like, they can fucking put the most... Unless it's horrendously racist. I go, I'm not spending all day... Hilariously alone. racist? That's leave it. Hilariously... Leave it. I didn't write the racist. Right. They did. I can leave it there. I'm like, leave it. I don't give a shit anymore. It's just sure. like... Uh, so, take a drink. So, I'm going to... Uh, I, I hope... Nice. This, uh, I'm going to have to turn... I'm hoping this plays out of my speaker. This is the way I have to do things at my uh, little podcasting studio. Hey, Joe, this is Matt from Boston. I just had a quick question for you guys. I'm in the market for a new sleeping bag, and I just wanted to know, what does Gino use for those chilly Central Park, New York nights? Thank you. Have a nice day. Okay, that's a Red Bar fan doing the flat broke thing, which they got a hold of, but I love this story, and I've said this before. They'll never get it. Okay, when... Uh, when my, the last breakup, I went through with Tara, right? And I'll, I love this because he's fucking around, but I'll give him a serious answer. Uh, <laughs> I but, love it. I like, and I'm reading a book now because I'm trying to be more minimalist. But the last breakup I went through, I'm like, fuck it. Like, I was like, I had, I did, I'm like, she's like, I'm going to sell this stuff. We'll split the money. I'm like, take all the money. I don't need anything. I take everything I need. 
put it in my car, dropped it off at my Aunt August, and then I lived out of my car for on and off for a year and a half. And I really stressed out of my car and not in my car, which isn't false humility or whatever the opposite. The fact is I couldn't live in my car. The people that do are amazing, but I lived out of my car. Like I either would stay at Aunt August or I'd come to our, it was when I was first doing Artie's fucking Artie Quitter pod. Uh, and I would either drive there and stay at a buddy's couch or sometimes some nights I would just get a hotel in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Some nights, not often, but it became a, some and I uh, and some and I would always park in my old neighborhood, which is a really nice neighborhood in uh, in Carroll Gardens, right? Some nights I would get so drunk that I fucking was not going to drive my car. I needed that car, and I would literally just pass out in my car. And at first, it was like, "What am I doing?" But I'm not. You're, if you pass out in your car, you get a DUI. No, no, you put the, please, you put the keys in the trunk and they can't give you a DUI. Really? Yep. Yep. That's a fact. So you were sober enough to know that I got to put my, I learned that ages ago. Like that's, but here's the thing. And it really, but this was the the beauty of it. So while I'm doing that, you know, I'd hang out, I became so much more focused on my career instead of trying to split between making a relationship work. So I'd be in Jersey at my aunt Olga's and I'm like, all right, I'm going to be in town these days line up these gigs, then I'm in town. And when you wake up in fucking, you know, in like in a hotel, you have to get out by checkout on someone's couch. You don't want to be there fucking in your car. Of course, it's like I would go to Starbucks. I would write. I would go to the gym. It was incredible. Every now and then I'd sublet a place. It was incredible how much I got done. And then I'll never forget around uh, June of 2015. So it's like in April of 2015, Kevin Dombrowski says, hey, someone's moving out of my place in East Harlem. And he's like, do you want to move in May 1st? And I said, can I make it June 1st? And he said, he'll tell you this. He's like, why does your lease run through the end of May? And I laughed and I said, no, I need to live like this one more month, one more month because I'm getting so much done. I know I'm going to get lazy. And I'll tell you something. I say this to this day. Fucking living like that is better than winning the lottery. And people will never get this because when you win the lottery, you always have money. You don't source it from anything. You just do what you do. And maybe, or, or it didn't work for me. Uh, but once I knew how little I needed, fucking how little I needed to get by and focus on what I really wanted, it was the best thing for me. And to this sure. day, I ju- I still call my car my apartment. And of course, you know that's why they're like, Jado slap rope uh, between you and me, Joe. Fucking my accountant yelled at me yesterday, or excuse me, uh, two weeks ago. He's like, why didn't you tell me you made all this money? I'm like, I, I it was an accident. I don't pay attention to how much money I'm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, literally realized how much when I did it. I'm like, and that's why it's like, I'm only doing the sports sheet now for money. And it's like, I, I, I like they called me within a week and I feel like I told the universe, I need you to fire me because I'll never leave this comfort zone. You know what I mean? And the universe said, you know what you need more of less. And it booted me out of that gig. And, and the amazing part is if you subbed in hot, in hot water, it's too perfect. Like they called me on the phone. I'm like, Talking to Bergen, I'm like, this is these people. And I thought it was something completely different because I wrote an article about LeBron James. I'm like, let me talk to these fuckers now. And I'm ready to fight with these two guys that I love because everyone's been so good to me at this gig. And they go, look, you know, in hot, they're together. Like, in hot water is run. No, excuse me, God forbid. So much more to do with that one. He goes, Gino's sports sheet has run its course. And I've been fired from shit before where you have this feeling of panic. You see it on the air. I just go like, Oh my God. I thought this was something different. I'm like, I've been thinking it's time. I mean, you made the choice for me because it was just losing, you know, it used to have so many likes and sports have become so woke and I'm sure my leanings, but 
But you heard, I said, look, I just want to tell you guys, I cannot thank you enough for the journey. It's been amazing. You know what I mean? And that was more of like, it literally, you're taking money from me, but it was like, it's, it's money that's taking me from what I need to be. Sometimes to be more creative, you need to be less productive. I forget who said that. My friend Luby told me that the other day. And it's just more of you draw in. But uh, I would say a Coleman sleeping bag. But that's the thing. It's like when people are like, oh, my God, he's fucking. It's like you just don't get it. You just don't get it. And they're like, look at this shit apartment he lives in. Yeah, I need a lot of space so I can come here and want to stay here all the time. You know what I mean? No, it's perfect right. where I live. Well, that was your first uh, pretender to contender Fuck yeah, bitch. Quotable moment on the podcast. Thank you. Let's go to uh let's go to Brian from Michigan. But this one. Oh yeah, so what am I worried about? Just make it work. I apologize. Yo, it's Brian from Michigan. Got a quick question for Gino. I was wondering if he could comment on the rift that's been happening between him and Aaron Berg. And I was wondering if he could also comment on why Aaron Berg is so much funnier than him. Thanks. It's two red bar calls, by the way. The only reason I know that is because that's one of the hilarious videos. They're like, they think, uh, they, 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 they're like, look, we're just going to tell Gino he sucks and Aaron Berg, he's hilarious and the two are going to fight. You know what I mean? Right. But, but there is, so there is no rift. Let me tell you something. Why our podcast is so good and why we make so much money and why they <laughs> coming at us. Because there's a yin and a yang and me and Berg push and pull with each other all the time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There are times like we literally disagree with like what's going on with the show and we don't like do the opium anthony this motherfucker won't even look at me like we'll go at each other and it's fucking some of the best radio you know what i mean mm -hmm. so they want they want us to believe they want to believe that and that's fine but it's weird how like like if if aaron hated me okay and and don't get me wrong he loses i drive him insane that i just don't care about shit but it works because he's the business end and i'm the glad hand ending and by the way shout out to the red bar callers because these lead to great answers so thank you you guys are two for two like we golf all the time fucking his like it's same thing his daughter calls me uncle gino gives me big hugs it's like we get along so well because brothers fucking fight you understand like if i like aaron i'd be like i'm done with this I've i don't never seen him get nasty. the same way he's very lighthearted though yeah, we show up at work every day. Like there are times I, I said it this week. I'm like, we get a check this week. We're sitting there looking at each other, laughing our asses off, you know? But let me tell you something. If me and Berg weren't like brothers, there's no way the show would be like why it is so much better than Red Bar Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'll say it again. He carried your third fucking porcelain thing. He carried it. Carried it. Really I'm glad you watched. he could be. Let's How go, much let's, empathy he had. Let's go to Jerome from New York. <laughs> Jerome. Okay, first of all, I'm going to predict this isn't real either. I've lived in New York 20 years. I've yet to meet a Jerome. Here's Jerome from New York. Okay, sure it is. Hello, this is Jerome calling from New York. <laughs> I had a question for Gino. I was just interested in what was going on with his girlfriend, Alex Engelbert, and what was up with that video she showed of him masturbating into a cup. Thank you. <laughs> Now, three. what is what is yeah, he referencing? By the way, that's three. What is he referencing? Masturbating into a cup. That was just absolutely crazy. nothing. But if you watch the show and these guys do, one, Alex Engelbert is uh, the chick I fuck when she's in town, and she's insane and hot. Um, Has she been on the show? Our show? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, so they know her. And she, oh dude, she had an OnlyFans, right? And I don't know if you know OnlyFans work, but I'm like, no. I'm. 
not looking at it till she gets 50 pictures up. Like, cause you pay for one month and then you get your money's worth, you know? Mm-hmm. And this fucking endeared her to me even more. She got to 49 pictures and she must have been listening. And then she blocked me when she posted the 50th picture. <laughs> How do you not love a crazy bitch like that? Oh, and no, I never jerked off into a cup, but they're, they're hoping I'll be like, oh my God, there's a video of me jerking off into a cup. But I will say this. I got through the pandemic sending, you know, dick pics to some people. And let me tell you, if uh, I, I, I never send out a dick pic, I'm like, Ugh. If, if, a, if a picture comes out and they're like, is that your dick? I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> That's my dick. Thank you. Uh, no, no. You have that, a very beautiful, that beautiful elongated cock because of the camera angle, that couldn't be mine. <laughs> but yeah, and by the way, why would I jerk off into a cup? I guess that was a reference to like two girls and one three girls and one no, cup. Whatever it's two that girls was. and one cup. No, but I think they're like, but they want me to go like, oh my God. But yeah, yeah, trust me. And right. I have a real question for you. You ready? Wait, wait, I, and let me finish. Okay, okay. To give these genuine things. I'm doing a seven hour uh, podcast. I'm trying to speed it up. Well, just take out the cells. We'll have 42 minutes. So drink. Uh, <laughs> when the pandemic hit, I quit drinking. Not because I'm like, I'm done drinking. It just wasn't fun. And I dropped 30 fucking pounds and I fucking look so much better. And it really helped with the dick pics. It really did. Really yeah, look skinny right now. So Jerome, still not from drinking? New York, Jerome from New York, if you'd like a dick pic, you know, you got my Twitter. Are you still not drinking? I'm not drinking again, but I, but once the world, like I went seven months without a drink because I used to say, and this we're afternoons now, but we used to be nine to 10 30 in the morning. Excuse me, nine to 10, 15, whatever. And I used to say, before COVID, we had people come by the studio and I used to say, I don't know what time you need to get up to get to Midtown Manhattan by fucking 9 a.m. with a bottle of Jameson. But when you get there, Joe, I'm going to drink it with you, okay? And I don't know who raised you, but if you do that, I'm going to take you across the street to drink booze. And Joe, I'm not exaggerating when I say I was probably drinking. I look at pictures where I'm like, well, I just look so, I, I look this color. And it's like, I, 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 well, it's early and I'm tired. Dude, I was probably drinking three bottles of Jameson a week. In the morning. Wow. And then when the COVID went away, I just stopped drinking completely because it was no fun. I'd come back to my apartment. Excuse me. I'd sleep in my car, tying it all together. I'd sleep in my car and I would take the cup that I jerk off into for Alex Engelberg. <laughs> and I'd say, I, I don't want to put booze in this because it's just no, it was no fun to drink. But I would always say to people, it was like stolen valor when they like, you know, like Karen Fian one time. It's like, congrats on quitting drinking. I'm like, no, I'm not you. Don't give me that credit. When it's fun again, I'm going to start drinking. And then about, uh, oh, when I went to L.A., beginning of football season, I started drinking again, you know. And uh, and I've been drinking ever since. And not as much, thank God, because you can see, ta-da, you've seen it in the dick picture. Uh, but, uh, like, we had fans come to comedians of the compound in Austin that wanted to drink with me. So they fly, and I never say no. So they show up from fucking, yeah, I came from Miami, whatever. And I do so many shots. And my brain is autopilot. And I go back to the fucking room and pass out, but not before fans take like fucking 30 drunken pictures of me like this. And I'm like, who raised you? Who raised you that you do that? So now I'm like, now, now, uh, so now I'm punishing that because oh. I won't drink. You were like the new Artie Lang for a while. Yeah. So what, what question was that answering? The jerk off in the cup? Yeah. Sleeping in a tent or the I hate Aaron Burr? That was all of them. Okay, boom. So we got a real one. Here we go. Ah, oh, damn it. I, I guarantee this. Joe, hey, Gino. This is Jerry Rowan from Philly calling. Um, I thought maybe you guys could talk a little bit about your Artie Quitter podcast days. 
that's where I started following both of your comedies. And uh, I just thought maybe you could just share some stories from those times. Also, Gino, I thought you could tell us how life at the compound has been and what changes people could expect uh, with Anthony's move. So uh, have a good show, guys. Thanks. See you. That's a that's a real person. That was a, that's Jerry Rowan. He's one of my fans, lifelong, great guy, dude, musician, Jerry, uh, talented, talented singer songwriter, fucking creative genius. Go ahead. Watch this, Jerry Brothers fight. And I used to get so much shit when Artie would fucking be a junkie, and I would say, I hope he gets, a, I hope he goes to jail. Oh my fucking. Watch it because I hated Artie. I love him, and there was no fix. Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like that's the only thing that will wake him up. He, he became Steve Howe. And I, I used to look back at the Artie podcast. You know, my back was killing me from carrying it. Uh, but he got so, he, I became a battered woman on that show, I used to joke. And I love Artie. Let me preface with, I adore him. And when I found out the lockdown, he was holed up at his mother's. I'm like, thank God. It's the only way to still safe. He'll stay safe. But by the end, he was just being mean and vindictive and an angry junkie. But I love Artie so much. I didn't get mad at Artie. I got mad at heroin Artie. But when the show was in its heyday, when we first started, and I say to this day, I, I could never thank him enough for all that I got out of that podcast. It sprungboard me to this. It's why I can fucking get on so many stages in L.A. He's just incredible. You know what I mean? But the guy's got demons and, and he just he has to he's he's got he had to fucking bottom out to get to where he was. And I and I'll tell you and please jump in if you've heard otherwise. He's his mother. It took him in. He's not allowed. You know, he's basically living with his his mother's got him under lock and key, which is what he needs. Like COVID helped him in that way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And as for what's coming on at the compound, this, I love when people, and this is more common sense. Like we learned from COVID. I'm just going to say what I think. Okay. Anthony Cunha, who I cannot thank, who I think he's moving. He's, he's had it. He's moving to South Carolina. He just sold his house. Uh, I talked to him. I was on his show the other day. I said, what are you going to do? And he said, he's like, uh, he's like, here's what's going to go on. Houses and settlement. I'm going to start looking for places in South Carolina. I'm going to rent a place, you know, in Long Island for now. And the whole reason he stopped doing it in Long Island and moved it to the compound is because guests, guests, keep the cops said, look, people don't want to drive out to Long Island, get a studio in New York. And that's what he did. And that's why he added shows. Okay. And now fucking fast forward four, five, six, seven years later, I don't even know how long he's been doing it. How successful is Compound Media? He was ahead of the curve with the paywall. But all the stupid people, all the people that can't wait to see people fail, they're like, well, you're done when he leaves. So you're saying a guy, I'm just asking you, Joe, you're saying a guy that built up this incredible fucking network is going to sell it, uh, is, go excuse, is going to move away and say, yeah, and I'm just trashing that. You don't think this is one of the things he's most proud of in his life? And now with comedians of the Compound, we're touring, he's gotten his life back. So, yeah, he told me himself, he's like, it's like, it's going to go on. He's like, and in fact, I'm going to fly up when we get when we get really good guests that only want to fucking, you know, come to Studio New York. He's like, I'm going to fly up for that. So it's just going to get better. And the beauty of it is between uh, In Hot Waters following and the Patreon thing we have called Gum Fridays, me and Berg are fucking, you know, we're insulated from it. But we would never want to leave this. We love being a part of this brand. We really do. Right. Okay. Well, I... I didn't know all this until I heard Jerry's call. So, yeah. you know, um, I didn't know, but so many different people are leaving New York and L.A. to live like somewhere cheaper or somewhere that they think they can have a 
better quality of life because they learned during Corona that you don't need to live in these places because you can do lots of things like we're doing. We're in two separate places. So, uh, oh, yeah, well, that's, that's why so. like, the I just world, so. wouldn't you argue the world like people, we never stopped with Corona and the world got better. And like, you know, you realize you don't need to live certain places, but I just love it here. Like, like I would leave if I didn't love sitting behind that desk live every day. You know what I mean? Like I was this close to moving to L.A. before we got the fucking, you know, uh, morning gig four days a week. So they're leaving that there. So the studio will remain. He will just. What would you watch this? I'll put it to you a different way. Yes, they are. But let me ask you. You're Anthony Kuhn. You've got this incredible fucking following. You're a fucking a bastion of free speech. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you want to move out of New York. Would you just let New York win and say, I quit? I'm just leaving behind everything I built. No, but why couldn't he do everything uh, virtually? Why does he have to have a New York studio? He could have you do your show with Aaron Berg wherever you guys felt like doing your, sh isn't there a way you could patch in and be on his network without being, there's plenty of ways, but, studio? but that's not a live show. That's not a New York studio show. Why couldn't. Okay. But they're okay. No, I want to know your question because that's, a, do you understand what I'm saying? Like there, New York is still the hub of entertainment. How I'm, many shows are on compound media? A lot. Watch this. It'll help me plug it. So for fucking $9 a month, you get In Hot Water four days a week. The flagship show, I don't know if anyone watches it, Anthony Kumi. You get the Kumi show four days a week. You get Morning four days a week, which is just the Today Show, if you could say fuck, four days a week, okay? You get the Chrissy Mayer show on Mondays, Eastside Dave show on Tuesdays, uh, a fair one on Wednesdays. You get the Tlaib Stark show on Thursday, Don Jameson, that Jameson show on fucking uh, Tuesdays. I'm And that's just, those are the ones I'm naming alone, let alone bonus stuff. It's incredible. Well, it sounds like he'd have to have that studio to run. And, and, and let me take that. it a step. Let me take it a step further, dude. You understand? Like, sorry about that, Joe. So, like, what's he gonna have a studio for his show? He's gonna have to have a studio in his. Yeah, and he's gonna have that build. He's got that's part of it as well. And he said he'll fly. He's well, that's why it. people pick South Carolina as the, as the new hub where a lot of people are moving to. One of the reasons why you, you hear New Yorkers, Philadelphia people, and, and why... Hey, buddy, I'm on Joe Matarese's podcast. What are you doing? I was just saying something. Oh, wow, I heard of Joe Matarese. Send him my love. I'll talk to you soon. What do you know? What are you doing, buddy? I'm waiting to go through these Lincoln tunnels to go through the stands. That's been... Now, how many shows are you doing there, buddy? I'm off tonight. I'm going to do a little something, something else tonight as we discussed on our Gum Friday pre-tape. Oh, you mean uh, something, something else? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, to wear a condom. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, but I had a big gig last night. You know where I was. No, I was doing LOL comedy. There was one man at the show, but still a good, it was a good time, buddy. <laughs> Do you know that story? It's such a shithole. And I just go there for the reps and I love it. Uh, Bill Burr showed up to do a guest spot and the woman didn't know him. They didn't let Bill. And this was last year. This was not 2006. This was the last, this was like a couple months before the pandemic, right? I texted him afterwards. I'm like, you should have had me vouch for you, buddy. You should have had me vouch for you. He never responded. Probably an old number. Who are we kidding? 
All right, well. I'm, all right, thanks. There were four questions. The first three were all red bar questions, and they were fucking hysterical. No, that's Red Band. That's Red Band. That's Red Band. Great week, buddy. Great week. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get back to selling those jeans. All right. Now we have to put his name in the description. As you can see, the rift is getting worse and worse. The <laughs> the growing and growing. What's that? I was in the middle of like telling a story, and now I have such bad ADD, I can't remember what the fuck I was telling you. Did it ever occur to you? you if the story was that good, you'd remember? No, it wasn't even a story. I was just, well, you just commenting on something you said. Do you think it was that important to comment? Some, no, somebody's going to freaking write in going i wanted to know the rest of that and and i won't i, I don't well we were it. talking here i'll help you because what was it i host the show and i pay attention to where we leave off it's almost like you were talking about compound media and hosting a show and and like you didn't oh really i was telling you why south carolina is where the uh why everybody's you're welcome down there you're welcome is it's, well, it's, it's pretty so obvious carolina. it's a very easy quick direct flight from probably i don't know if he's moving to charlotte or where in, in south carolina he's moving it's super cheap down there one you can live in like a fucking he already had like a mansion in long island so imagine what he could have in south carolina exactly and then he'll fly up when he has to fly up and it's like a it's like an hour flight it's like living in you know it's like flying from buffalo <laughs> it know? is what do you think of that so yeah so it's, it's again it's all common sense it's like what do you think like all the people are like, oh, once he leaves, it falls apart. Why? Why? I don't know if you know this. Last year during the pandemic, I would go in the studio. Bill would, he never, he, he hold everyone up at his house. He, we literally thrived, thrived during the pandemic with him doing the show four o'clock every day from his home. Well, he's a creative person with also good business sense. So he wouldn't be doing something that was a bad business idea. He's very good at business. So let's, yeah. let's go to the next caller. Um, is it wrong that I'm rooting for it to be a red bar call? Do, do we play John from South Carolina yet? That, uh, I don't believe so. Well, let's hear him. Hey, it's John from South Carolina. I got a uh, sports-related question for Gino. Um, I know he does a sports sheet for iHeartRadio, which they love him for, and he's uh, handsomely compensated for. So uh, he should be knowledgeable. Um my Cleveland Browns, I want to know if they're going to be uh, pretenders or contenders this season. Uh, what he thinks about their chances of maybe making it further into the postseason. Um, I hope they can do it. I've been waiting several, several years. Cleveland's going to suck. They're not going to suck, but Baker Mayfield is not a winning quarterback. They need to part ways with Odell Beckham Jr. He's a cancer. They're in a very fucking tough division. And the fact that they sure they won a playoff game last year. And I hope I'm wrong because I've been to Cleveland and the people there are fucking amazing. And I know a lot of Cleveland Brown fans, but I just don't see them ever winning it with Baker Mayfield. I don't. I don't think he's a winning. I think he's he's like got too much to fucking uh, overcome with the, with the swagger he brought. And I think Odell Beckham Jr. is a distraction. And I think when like the fact that Nick Chubb isn't, like they're rotating in between Nick Chubb and, and uh, I always want to say Kareem Hunt. It is Kareem Hunt, but Lamar Hunt was the owner. Between Kareem Hunt, which is fine, 
But there's just too many. They, they have a great defense, but oh, and they got Jadavian Clowney. But there's just something about you have to change the culture to a winning culture, and you can't do that with Baker Mayfield. I hope I'm wrong. I say All that. Right. Mike from North Hollywood. All right, do you want to go to the other side of the room and play? Hey, this is Mike from North Hollywood. I want to talk about Gino's headband and how nasty it is. So can we uh, do a little experiment where we soak it in water and then bring it out into a Pyrex bowl so we can see how nasty and cloudy the water is afterward? Thank you. That's all. Would you like to do that? Because this is actually a white headband that I went to the gym earlier. By the way, I will tell you the story how I came to wear headbands. I was going to say, I, when I knew you, you weren't a headband guy. Now, like, I've never been a headband. All the, all the NFL players do that under their helmet, right? Hold on one sec. We're going to do this for this gentleman because I like him. You're going to ring it out. Ba, ba, ba. Hold Ladies on. and gentlemen. Headband. Are you there, guys? I will add a drum roll underneath this in post. Oh, yeah. You can do that. I didn't realize that. Hold on. Ba, ba. I love that New York City fan. Oh. oh, Joe, look at the new headband I'm going to put on for you. Got to find a Pyrex. Oh, how about a bowl jar? Perfect. Hold on. Mike from North Hollywood, you're getting your dream. You asked for it. Wasn't that a show on... TV when we were All growing right. up. You asked for well, Joe, how about this one, huh, buddy? Ah. Yeah, I love it. Where did you make that? Did you or did you no, buy what do you, they, mean? you can buy them like, like headbands like that? I get them from junk headbands. You know how this started? I like during the pandemic, you couldn't Is that a do-rag? Couldn't I couldn't get a haircut, right? Uh-huh. I was wearing one of those gaiters. I was wearing one of those gaiters and uh, you know, back when I like and I pulled it up because you had to wear it going into a store. Like, you know, mm -hmm. and the beauty of it is, sorry to make it more COVID again. It's another thing I predicted. I said, you're going to have bodegas side by side. And one's going to say no mask required. The other is going to say you better wear a space suit. And people that want to go into each will go into each and the world's going to be fine. So I love going into stores now with no mask. And they're like, yeah, you have to wear a mask. I love and I know they don't care. Just putting everything down and going, I'll go somewhere else. I love doing that. All right. So, but one time I pulled the gator up. And my hair was way longer. You could see pictures. And I loved it. And then someone sent me a headband. And I'm addicted to them now. You know what I mean? And fucking, you can look at my fucking hairline. Uh, you can't look at it now because because it's like all fucking, you know, pushed back from wearing this all day. All right. So here we go. And of all things, a white headband. Okay. Is that clear? It's a bulge. <laughs> this is definitely, this is the one that's going to go on my Instagram right here. Mike from North Hollywood. You asked for it. By the way, because I, dude, I, and you know how easy they are to wash? I literally just fucking put them, uh, I literally just wear them in the shower, fucking rinse them off with soap. You All didn't right. answer my question. Wasn't there a show in the 80s called You Asked For It? I don't know. Google that. There definitely was. I don't, does anyone see any when, difference? Watch this. Thoughts? The water. Did you put it in there yet? I'll be honest, there's a little color to it. It looks, it looks a little. Well, let's rinse it. You remember when the Fonz jumped the fucking uh, not shark. the shark, not the shark? Do you remember when he jumped the uh, trash cans with his motorcycle? I'm actually putting this back on because it feels in the early when they used to shoot them on film. The early happy days. 
he jumped all yeah. the trash cans. Sure. I think he was on a show called You Asked For It. Anything or, you think? Dirty? You know, that, that could be just the material. You know, it doesn't look that dirty. You probably yeah, it's, it's you not. Wear, you wear dirty. It's, not, it's another red bar guy. But again, I wanted to tell the story of the headband. And the beauty of it is people are always like, oh, he's losing his hair. Trust me. Daddy's got a great head of hair. And it, he does. Now, what is that? Is that a rate? Is that a Ravens headband? What is that? It's, no, it's an Iowa Hawkeyes headband because fucking we are Iowa Hawkeyes fans and they keep sending them. And I fucking love that. All right, let's go to our last caller. So we're four out of five red bar. I love it. Here we go. Oh, no, the four out of six. Hey, it's Tony from Jersey. I got a question for Gino. I wanted to resolve this uh, debate I've been having. Can he tell us exactly how many skin tags he has on his face? Uh, none. Can we zoom in? That's a red bar, too. Uh, because I do the... Uh... <laughs> you got a lot of skin tags? Oh, dude. Like, but you know what I do? And we talked about this on the show, and I love it. Like, I, I use the... I Like, like look, I'm not going to be that vain guy that hasn't burned off. I'm a guinea. But you just use apple cider vinegar, and they come off. Let's take a look. It's weird. It's like I don't see any. Apple cider vinegar takes those off? Yeah. Do you see any? The number's zero. It's weird. It's weird. Hold on. What am I doing? <laughs> it's almost like the number is... Is I got it, a, I got a, I got a great story about skin tags. Oh wait, so the number, Joey, would you look zero, zero? So that's great. Good now, for you, man. You're, you're skin tagless. Yeah, that is yeah, skin tagless. So hopefully, and I got to tell you, five out of seven red bar, and it is so beautiful when you let the world take care of itself. And I, I'll tell you, shout out, watch the Joe Matteris porcelain. You will fucking find a newfound respect for this kid. And the callers are great. Callers are great. They are great. I love these guys. I, again, oh, by the way, I almost let that one go. So, yeah, and it's like, you don't get the shit burned off. Fuck surgery. Everything is like, a, it's so good. So what you do is like, you just scrape it, but they have they have to get to a certain size. And, you know, and you just scrape it and they fall right off and they don't come back. So. See, see, I had this friend growing up. I'll say his name. His name was Darren DeAndre or DeAndrea. I think it was DeAndrea, right. not DeAndre. He was this, uh, he lived around the block. And I remember. Remember when we were going clubbing, he met some really hot chick and he he broke up with her because and this is what he called them. He didn't call them skin tags. He called them skin upon skins. <laughs> so I just love that word. You got a skin upon skin. That's he found one in the girl's armpit when he was like, oh, I used to get him on my armpit, too. Oh, Oh, uh, and he broke up with her. He was like, it turned me off. I couldn't, I don't care how hot she was. She had a skin upon skin under her arm. And he well, I could see that, but that, oh, that a is. A little apple vinegar, little apple cider vinegar, the shit's gone, if you only knew. And by the way, organic apple, by the way, there's nothing I can say enough about uh, apple cider organic, because you, you do a shot of it every morning. It's so good for you, and it's so easy to do. How fast does it take it off? It takes about a week. You just keep putting it on every day? like a, Yeah, know, and it dries it? up and falls off. Really? But you have to you have to take a pin and scrape at it. Oh, you know what I get that's gross? Well, if you've, if you've it. had a dozen, like as the Red Bar fans will tell you, like I have, you get better. You get better every time. And that's why like, I haven't had a skin tag knock wood in God since I got rid of the last one about five, six months ago. I get these red. To be honest, Red Bar fan, thank you. I get these red dots. When you're sleeping my... in your car in a sleeping bag, you don't need them. And when you're jerking off into a cup, no one's looking at your eyes. Do you get those? Do you get red dots? 
like blood dots on your skin? My brother has one on his chest, and I one. I have about six thousand. Oh, dude, it was the size I would say of. They're little, the ones I. Like it was. It was this half a size, a kernel of corn, almost that big. Really? Dude, yeah. If you stick a pin in one, you'll I'll almost bleed out. Like <laughs> they yeah. just fucking go, and you can't stop them. Peter accidentally had it ripped off when he was playing basketball or something, and it just bled and bled. He's like, I'm gonna die. And then he's like, well, at least it bled. And it clawed it, but he's like, thank God. And it grows right back. It grew right back. It did? Oh, God. And he's like, I'm over it. I'm yeah. over it. I just, let, I just let them be there. The only thing I thought is you could put a huge tattoo all over them. Oh, I, think <laughs> I think that's what Stallone did. Stallone has all those crazy tattoos on his chest now. It's because I think he, like, he had all kind of, he had something like where he, he ripped muscles or something in his chest and it was all fucked up looking. So he just tattooed it all. I'm going to get a, get a red tattoo all over my body. I'm boring. I'm boring you. So I want to wrap up the podcast, dude. We did a tight six hours. What's that? That's all the calls. I think we'll definitely use the headband one on, on uh, social media. That was a classic. And uh, so it sounds like you went from a pretender to a contender in uh, I don't know how many years from beginning. Every overnight sensation, every overnight success took 20 plus years to get there. That old saying. So yep. yeah, up here in two, whenever people say, when did you start doing comedy? I always say I moved up here in 2001. I, I've been I, doing it before, but I moved up. So I got up here in 2001. I never thought I'd be up here this long. And I always say, if when I got up here in 2001, you told me how I'd be making money in, you know, nowadays, I'd. They would be like, okay, so you're in New York. I'm still in New York. Yeah. And you're doing a show called In Hot Water. What TV show? No, no, no. It's on the app Compound Media. The what? And you're getting paid to write a sports sheet for terrestrial radio. At least I was. I, what? what what's, why am I writing for terrestrial radio? Because it sucks now and they need fucking writers for the shitty stuff. And you're doing stand-up comedy all over the country on the tour. And you're past at all these clubs, even though I'm not now that it's regressing with the fucking COVID, you have to be back. I would have been like, what are you talking about? But that's where I am now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations, dude. You are never been happier. happier. I'm glad, man. Well, you always were a happy guy. I've never seen you go, dude, I'm depressed. Like you've yeah. never, never been that guy. So no. uh, you're fun to be around. And that those guys always do well in the comedy business. Guys that are fun to be around. That's... That's very important. I always tell young comics, like I go, dude, be f- be a fun hang, and you'll yeah. do well. You know, so go back to your life, go back to uh, your cigar, and uh, and get a different headband. And uh, look at this, look at okay. look at that beautiful head of hair. <laughs> look at that beautiful head of hair. I like your glasses too. Those are good. Uh, these are cheaters. Like I do wear glasses now. You do you wear contacts? No, I just don't have my. Here's my. I need new glasses, but these are mine, and I hate. Oh them. yeah, they're not anti glare. They glare in the camera. Why don't mine? Uh, why don't mine? Uh, they do, dummy. Oh, uh, they do, but they. When you look down, they didn't. Okay, maybe I need to look look like this with my glasses on. All right, dude, I gotta go downstairs and go hang with my family on a Friday night holiday weekend. Sorry, I kept you so late, but thank you. It's all right, it's all right, all right, man. Late. Later, brother. Hey, we got a little ad here at the end of the podcast. Really fast for you. I don't know if any of my listeners or uh, people watching on Patreon 
might want to relocate to South Carolina. If it's something you've been thinking about, it seems like all these people are starting to relocate or maybe they want to just buy a summer home down there and make some money off of it. Uh, this is an opportunity for you. You can make money while you're having a vacation home in one of the fastest growing markets in America. Okay, this salesman I'm going to uh, recommend here. His name's Jay Sells. All right, Jay Sells. His website is jsellsmyrtlebeach.com. jsellsmyrtlebeach.com. This is a this is a great opportunity for you guys. He's low pressure. He's not your typical salesman at all. If you want to just talk to him, uh, you know he's your guy. All right, jsellsmyrtlebeach.com. <laughs>